The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric Franson, sorry, a little late there, getting back on the dial. We had a, uh, an issue with the phone call here. We we're working it out, getting our guests lined up. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we'll hear from Troy Roll, former Utah State men's basketball player. Uh, just trying to wrap up a few things before he can jump on with us. But uh, Anyway, so it's going to be an exciting week this week here on the Full Court Press. Stay tuned for the next couple of days. We'll be hearing from a lot of former Utah State football, Utah State football, Utah State basketball players. There's going to be a reunion night coming up on Saturday. Uh, should be a really fun night. Uh, there's going to be some throwback jerseys. There's going to be some T-shirts available. Former players in the house, former coaches in the house. So you don't want to miss that one when Utah State plays against Boise State and they host the Broncos. A uh, big revenge game for Utah State certainly. A game where Utah State had complete control and couldn't finish and uh, lost the game in overtime. And uh, I've never seen a collapse like that before. And uh, so you know Utah State's going to have a big chip on their shoulder on Saturday night. A reminder, the games this week, Utah State plays UNLV on Wednesday. That's going to be at 8 o'clock. And if you can't make it to the game, you can watch it on CBS Sports Network. And then on um, Saturday, it'll be Boise State. Similarly, 8 o'clock tip-off, broadcast on CBS Sports Network. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be talking to former players in the lead-up to that. Uh, several interviews got lined, uh, that we have lined up. We're really excited to see how that all plays out and hear from them, their, remember, their memories of their time at Utah State, the, the matchups that they had, the players that they faced, the games that they played, and just what it was like to uh, play in the spectrum. Uh, those many years ago. So stay tuned for a lot of those uh, as we roll those out throughout the week. But uh, last night, it was a big game, a uh, big day in, in sports, certainly the Super Bowl. And uh, one, of the, one of the highest rated Super Bowls of the last several years. Uh, ratings have been trending downward over the last several seasons, but this one ticked up just a little bit. And uh, it was an interesting game. It wasn't, I like what uh, Dan Patrick had to say there with his Above the Noise uh, segment that it wasn't necessarily a super exciting game, but it was a, it was a good game. Uh, two good teams, very differing styles. And uh, even though San Francisco had that 10-point lead in the second half, we've certainly seen what Kansas City has done, and even in these playoffs, how they've battled back from double-digit deficits to come back and win games and uh, without batting much of an eye. I'll be honest, though, I was a little surprised. Maybe I'm on an island here, but I was a little surprised to hear that Patrick Mahomes was named as the MVP. Certainly what sets him apart and why he got the MVP is because of what he was able to do in the second half, what he was able to do in the fourth quarter to engineer that comeback for Kansas City. But honestly, I thought for the entirety of the game, Damian Williams deserved to be the MVP for Kansas City. I thought he was more consistent. I thought he was more dangerous running the ball for them. He got into the end zone, scored a touchdown. He had that 38-yard run. 
and uh, even caught the ball a little bit out of the backfield. So um, I, I I thought Damian Williams was the MVP of the entirety of the game, but certainly you have to look at who engineered the game-winning drives, the, the uh, game-winning situations, and that was Patrick Mahomes. 42 pass attempts, 286 yards. He did throw two picks, and that's why I can <laughs> – that's why I'm leaning more towards Williams. This was the MVP for the Chiefs and how he played. Uh, I thought that San Francisco ran their game plan pretty much how they wanted, uh, but then they started to get some pressure. Kansas City got some pressure on Garoppolo in that second half. It made him very uncomfortable. They did force him into throwing the ball maybe a little bit more than he wanted, but I uh, thought he was pretty effective for most of it. Uh, but he... He, I think he got a little bit rattled in a few times, tried to chuck the ball away when uh, he should have thrown it away earlier or just not thrown the ball away, which caused some of the interceptions that he did have. But um, overall, I thought it was a fun game to watch, uh, That uh, how San Francisco ran the ball well, the way they utilized the fullback and, and tight end in passing plays. Uh, were just physical, pounded-at-you style of offense. And then their defense was aggressive and made things really difficult, rushing Patrick Mahomes and uh, making him scramble a little bit more. But but give Mahomes credit for what he was able to do, not being rattled, not uh, shying away from the moment, as a former quarterback under Andy Reid did the last time Andy Reid took his team to the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes was uh, cool and uh, calm and was able to engineer uh, a great comeback and score and lead his team to 21 points in the fourth quarter after it looked like this was going to be all San Francisco. But uh, anyway, it was it was a fun game. It was an entertaining game uh, in the second half especially. Uh, and, uh, of course, couldn't be prouder for Andy Reid. Uh, great guy. He certainly has connections to the state of Utah. And uh, he made some comments after the Super Bowl uh, it's a, that just expressing his his joy for what it does for what the whole experience was like and uh, what that process has been like for him and the Chiefs. I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, I got this young quarterback over here that um, makes life easy every day. Every day, man, it's a pleasure to uh, come to work and know that you have an opportunity to coach him and and his teammates. So. Um, and Brett Veach uh, understands you know, what it takes to win, number one, but also the kind of people that, um, that we enjoy working with. So he brings those kind of guys in and uh, makes it enjoyable. So I really haven't gone there to answer the question. Uh, I think the question was so if he's done, if he should be, if he's going to retire and, and uh, call it a day. But I don't think he will. I think that this team is set up for success for several years. And Patrick Mahomes certainly a big part of that, and he wants to continue to be a part of that. Some of his comments following the championship last night. Yeah, to me, that's that's stuff that's handled with other people. Obviously, I want to be in Kansas City for a long time. I uh, understand that. Uh, also, I want to win, win a lot of football. <laughs> uh, he says he wants to win a lot of football games. Yes, he does. Uh, and uh, anyway, he says it's, in essence he wants to be in Kansas City a long time and wants to be a part of the organization and is very happy with his situation in Kansas City. Um, and uh, this was a for the 49ers, 
side. This was, um, you know, certainly a, a tough loss for them and uh, the way that it got away from them in the second half. Uh, scoring 10 points in the third quarter, 10-point lead. It was certainly going according to their game plan, and uh, they were executing things how they wanted uh, for the most part, but then it got away from them there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, some of his comments afterwards, saying he wants to remember the feeling because like Kansas City, San Francisco is a younger team that's built to have a run of success if they play their cards right. I mean, you can see it in guys' eyes in there. It, it means something to guys. And, uh, you know, it means you got guys who care about what they're doing, guys who care about each other. And, uh, you know, we're a young team. Got a, got a very bright future. And so, um, you know, got to take this in stride, remember this feeling, and, you know, let it fuel us in the, in the offseason. Uh, George Kittle has had a great year for San Francisco, and we thought it could be an interesting battle between two great tight ends. And he weighed in afterwards for the 49ers as well. Not, not happy about how things uh, went for the 49ers, but believes that, uh, like Garoppolo, this is the start of something special for the 49ers. I mean, one thing that sticks with me is you know, just being part of the, you know, Coach Shanahan, John Lynch's first draft class, you know, how we, you know, kind of the foundation helped build it up. Uh, you know, we have a great draft class. You know, we have a lot of good guys with us. Um, you know, just the success that we had all season, uh, you know, being able to rely on each other, whether it's defense making plays, special teams making plays, offense making plays. Uh, you know, I think we did that well all year. Uh, then uh, f- some final comments from Coach Shanahan uh, and for uh, how things went um, and um, for the uh, for the 49ers and uh, where they go from here after having control of the game and then watching it slip away from them and uh, now they turn their attention to uh, the next season already. We'll lick our wounds. We'll get over this. Um, we'll be fired up for next year. We've got a lot of people coming back. Uh, I think we surprised a lot of people this year. Uh, we knew we had a good team, and um, you know I'm very proud of the guys and how much better they got throughout this year. And expect to get almost all these guys back and plan on adding a few more. And uh, if you didn't catch it, certainly most people watched it on on te- television. We had the broadcast, uh, the radio broadcast here on the fan on Sunday. But for the hometown radio crew, this was what the final call sounded like for the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Final score, Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. And Chiefs Kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. Got to love the passion for the hometown radio crew, right? So very cool moment for Kansas City, uh, their first championship in 50 years. Uh, really exciting to see what what that uh, franchise has has done over the years, but never won a Super Bowl like this since they've been in Kansas City. So exciting for them to to get that, to have that moment for Andy Reid, uh, Darwin Thompson. Certainly, a lot of Aggie fans excited for him to have that moment from somebody who uh, didn't get a lot of attention coming out of high school and had to work his way through getting more attention at the junior college level before coming to Utah State and then uh, succeeding at USU, finding his way into the NFL, 
Uh, and uh, having a season for Kansas City, hopefully he can be a, a big part of what they their success as that continues in the future. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll find out from another former Aggie, Troy Roll, Utah State men's basketball player of the 1999-2000 team, one of those teams that will be recognized this coming weekend. And to find out from him what it was like playing for the Aggies in the Big West, and they had a great run in conference play, and uh, he was a, a first-teamer for the, his conference as well. So we'll find out some of the stories and experiences from Troy Roll coming up next right here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson with you on a Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you didn't break your back too bad moving snow earlier today. There may be another storm coming through later on this week. But uh, enjoy it. If you didn't have the, uh, the the kids have a late start, I hope they had a good time helping you move the snow. They may need to do it again this week. We'll update you on that as we get closer. One of the other big things that is going on this weekend is a reunion night for Utah State men's basketball. A couple different teams are going to be brought together. Uh, Members of those teams will be recognized at the spectrum. And one of those is Troy Roll, who participated in the 1999-2000 team. And uh, he's going to be there this weekend. And he joins us now in the Full Court Press to reminisce on some of his time with the Aggies back then and what he's doing now. Troy, thanks for spending some time with us today. Yes, you bet. Yeah, no worries at all. First of all, let me ask you, I want to go back to your playing time, or actually even before your playing time at Utah State, and what it was that attracted you to come to USU. You're, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you're from uh, Florida um, yeah. uh, originally, so how did you find your way to Logan, Utah? Yeah, so basically how, how that all happened went down as, um, matter of fact, I remember I was in my coach's office in uh, Farrell Davis. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he actually came out to Utah State. This is when I was in Chipola, uh, Florida, basically around the panhandle there in Mariana, Florida, right right in that, that, that area. This is the school Marcus Saxon uh, went to. Um, so I'm in the office with my coach, and I said to him, I was like, uh, um I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go. He's like, hey, have you ever thought about Utah State? And I was like, and I didn't pay too much. I didn't. I actually, I just kind of shrugged him off. I was like, I, you know, I, you know, I just really just shrugged him off and didn't really say anything to him. And so, incidentally, uh, after that, uh, Farrell uh, comes up to me and he's like, I took a visit to Utah State. You got to go check it out. I was like. I'm like Utah. I'm like, where, where the heck is Utah? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, only that. Not only that. I've already like made a verbal commitment, and um, I'm having my mom sign the the letter of intent for uh, Long Beach State. That's how quick I I made up my mind, and so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to Long Beach State because they were going to have a really good team, and uh, um, uh, I was going to be on the beach. It's going to be nice weather. I'm like, yeah. Um, this is this is this is going to be really good, right? Uh, yeah, hard so, to argue against that, <laughs> right? Right, and so um, and so uh, Larry called me up before I send those papers in. It's amazing how this all worked out. 
uh, Larry Stacy uh, calls me up and uh, he says, hey, uh, I want to come down and visit you. He, came, he comes down, visits me, and uh, all of a sudden we, he, we decided to like basically uh, um, have a little chat. And all that, and, and I was like, man, I I really don't know where Utah State is. I'm like, I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> and I'm like, isn't that why they ride around with the dog sled and like the furs <laughs> and all that type of stuff? And he's like, just chuckling with me, and I, I'm giving him a hard time too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome <laughs> because I'm I already had my mind made up, and so I said, yeah, why don't you just come down and we we talk. Um, we had a great conversation and his philosophy on basketball really matched where I was trying to go. I needed a coach that was going to push me to that next level um, because I wanted to be the best player I can be, even though I knew I would butt heads with this man. But I knew that um, he would push me to that that next level. Right. And so um, I came out, took a visit at Utah State and uh, I saw the spectrum. You know, I saw Salt Lake. And uh, but, you know, what, what was so funny about this uh, trip is they brought me in during at night. It's usually they bring you in during the day. And like, as we were pulling in the town, there's these like large four legged animals. Like I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were going to a college. What are these animals doing, like, right on the side of the road um, as we were pulling in? And uh, to make a long story short, uh, as I pulled in, I, I saw it, saw the spectrum, and I just I knew it. I was like, this this is it. This is college basketball. And, uh, and I changed my mind, and and, uh, and it was like the best decision a young man could make at that time in his life to kind of kind of gear him where, you know, for his next stages of his life. And so I, I that's why, you know, Utah is definitely home, home for me because regardless, I keep moving away. I keep coming back. And so, so that's that. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah. as you were part of this, uh, U- that Utah state team in those teams, uh, you mm-hmm. were an honorable mention, uh, your first full season playing for Utah State in the Big West, uh, yeah. and then your your senior year, you were made a, a first team All Big West. What was it like playing in the Big West at that time, which was kind of an underrated conference? There was some pretty good basketball that was played in the Big West at those at that time. Yeah, it really was. We we there wasn't any games that we thought we could just walk in and and win. We had to prepare. And I think that's one of the nice things of playing uh, under uh, under Stu Morrill is his preparation, uh, his defensive scheme, most of all that I took out of uh, uh, out of everything that that he taught is basically he was just such a great teacher on defense and how to prepare for teams and, and yada yada. And and I think that's what got us over the hump because you know. They, some of those teams, you're, you're not just going to walk in and, and beat them. We had to be well prepared. And, and that's one thing that we always could count on is, is due preparation. And, uh, and so I always tell him that for sure. This was uh, – what? I, let me ask it this way. There were some, some games that you had that were just phenomenal games. You had the, your, your career night when you played Cal State Fullerton. Uh, mm-hmm. You had a couple games where you were over 20 points um, in – what was it about that that system that really helped you become that player that you wanted to be? 
as you talked about earlier? Well, uh, you got to be mindful. This is the Stu system is not really my style of play. Honestly, this is like the brutal honest truth. It's like <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm more, you know, I'm such a rhythm player, you know, and that's why I think I averaged, you know, my, um, throughout my careers of playing, you know, sports. I've always averaged over twenty something points a game. You know, uh, that's just the way. That's just the type of player. That's just the type of player I was. So, so more rhythm, but it, with Stu system, it's more of set. It's more of a team like you know, uh, team concept where you're, you know, each, each player has a responsibility and we have to uh, respond well to each other, setting screens, coming off the screens, you know, down screens, all this, all this type of stuff has to be kind of in sync. And that's what, that's the way his system thrived. Right. So I had to actually adapt to that um, to be able to, uh, be uh, uh, effective for the, you know, for the team. You know, um, I'm used to just coming down where I'm feeling the shot, where I I can actually pull up and take the shot. Within Stu's system, it's more like you know, basically you want to you want to um, make sure we run through our early offense, and, and not only that, after we do our early offense, we got that motion or we got you know our sets that we uh, that we'll set up into, and so. Um, for me, I knew I had to make a change in my game to uh, make it work to play at Utah State on the Stu system. Uh, Larry's Larry Stacy's system was a little bit different. Uh, it was more up and down. Uh, it was more, you know, definitely same thing on the defensive end. I think both both had very good defensive schemes and, and all that. But Larry Stacy was more my style where. Um, it was a, we were able to get up and down and do do certain things that way, but that's the thing with uh, being within Stu's system. And what I've learned is when you're in a system and you're trying to become uh, uh, productive for the team, you really have to buy into the system to get acclimated so that you can use all your gifts to be, you know, become that player for that team, you know whatever capacity that may be, you know? So that's what I did. And that's, you know, I think that's why, I mean, part of the reason why we were successful because we really had a good team. We had other guys on that team and that was really good. So. Uh, yes. Fascinating stuff. Uh, certainly yeah. where you were uh, kind of straddled both coaches that way in their, in their times at Utah state. Again, we're talking to Troy roll. He was a first team, all big West player, for Utah State in the 99-2000 season, one of the teams that will be honored this weekend. Uh, had somebody text in and say uh, one of the memories that they had of you playing for Utah State was a uh, a monster dunk that you had on a seven-footer uh, from uh, Boise State in the spectrum. Uh, and uh, Do you recall, are there certain moments in your time playing times for Utah State that really stand out to you that you can you recall everything about that moment as it played out, how it all set up for everything that took place that day. Yeah, see that that dunk. I, I probably won't forget that one because um, uh, because uh, it's it's always being brought up to me about like how <laughs> it's like the top uh, fifty college greatest dunks on uh, YouTube and, and and all this stuff. Uh, um, so, but I do that game. That game was like kind of a really pivotal moment for us. Um, 
within this conference. It was the game for us to go undefeated. And we knew Boise State was going to come in and was going to be physical. They were going to try to take us out of our game. And this was their goal. And the guy that was guarding me, he made sure that he was like throwing elbows. He's talking trash to me. And the way this dunk came about is Sean Daniels blocks the, the shot. And this ball is between me and the defender. I, you know, kind of hit the ball out to um, uh, in the open court. And I see my man trailing me and he is hustling. And I'm like, please don't do it. Because th- this is like my final, <laughs> my final game. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to stop me. <laughs> and so I just took off. And uh, next minute, you know, the house is just going crazy. And uh, it, they called a foul. I wasn't sure if they were going to call the charge or a foul. And then all of a sudden I look over to the ref and it was a charge. And I was, uh, yeah, it was just, that was just a, <laughs> an awesome moment. Like, you. And then Bernard just had an awesome game. He came, he was just draining three pointers and uh, it was just great. It was a fun, that was a really fun game, you know, to come out and, and uh, to win the tournament and go undefeated and, and uh, to win the conference, excuse me, and then go undefeated and uh, undefeated in conference and, and to uh, finish our, 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 uh, our conference season that way. Yeah, that that your senior year, uh, that team went twenty eight and six, sixteen and zero in conference play. Uh, rolled through the uh, the conference tournament and made it to the NCAA tournament, where Utah State hadn't been there for uh, had many opportunities to go there at that time. They've had many opportunities since, so you were part of a sea change that was taking place at Utah State. But in that uh, that tournament game, you guys faced UConn, mm-hmm. and. Uh, UConn's got great tradition. They've had some great players, but you guys played them pretty tough. What do you remember about that game? Well, you know, we we knew we we had the defending champs uh, that year, and so we made our games our game. But here's here's a thought: like this is one of the things that we all kind of collectively came to a conclusion with is basically at the end of that game, we there was Bernard Rock and um, uh, Tony Brown. If those two just played like you know half their game like they they're capable of, oh, we would have beat we would have beat them. Um, but you know, uh, like the the next the following year, Tony redeemed himself, played an awesome game to you know to beat Ohio State and, and all that good stuff. But but that that's one of the things we took from that. But we went in knowing that we we could match up against anybody, and really we just was that confident, you know. Uh, not necessarily cocky at all, but we were just confident in what we were doing. And so I, I do want to stress this too, because at this time we we didn't realize how good we were until um, we start going on this whole winning streak, and we all of a sudden just start looking around like, hey, we, you know, we're we're doing pretty good, but we didn't realize how good we were until that Boise State game, and we won, and we went undefeated it all started to come together like wow okay we could really do something really good here and and that that's just how that whole season went it's like we just had our heads you know to the grind and like just um, every game we took every game wasn't really looking at the rankings but even though we thought we should have been there though but many of times but it's all good but um but that yeah that's just how that season came about 
What do you recall uh, most about the game, the way that it played out, going to the NCAA tournament, being on that stage, mm-hmm. and, and playing the the reigning champs? Oh man, that's like that's like my type of game. I'm like the the bigger the better. I'd like because I you, you always want to match up against the best because you, it gives you a chance to see how good you really are. Yeah, not only that, it's just the competitive nature uh, that that we all have is basically, um, you know, we wanted to show the uh, the nation that we we're we're just as good as anybody that's out there. And that's what we did. We went out and we competed. You know, a few of our guys didn't compete to their 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 level. You know, if we had that and everybody's on their their game, you know, and that's just part of basketball. You know, but the the best part of it is is that um, um, we went in it together, and you know, and uh, we all stuck together through that whole process. And and that's part. Uh, even though um, with I never got too high on like notoriety and that type of stuff. I'm like, really, what it, what's going to show is when we step on the court and we take care of business. And then from there, you know, everything else is just going to fall into place. You know, that, that's the type of mindset that we had, you know, that whole season. You know, we're talking even, to uh, Troy Roll, former Utah State men's basketball player of the 99-2000 team. Uh, it's going to be recognized uh, coming up this weekend when Utah State takes on Boise State. Interesting. <laughs> you keep referring to that game. It's going to be a... Uh, a reunion game uh, and a revenge game on this current team's mind, I'm sure, for for this weekend. But uh, I think a couple quick, other quick questions that I have for you is uh, uh, if you're comfortable sharing any uh, unique anecdotes or stories about uh, your time playing under Stu Morrill, because he was a guy that became larger than life around here for his mm-hmm. time as, as a head coach with his tremendous success uh, but as you said, he, he did have a different personality than Larry Eustachie. Uh, mm-hmm. Any uh, anecdotes you could share about either one of those uh, coaches and your experience with them, behind the scenes kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Stu, Stu was more, uh, you know, I really had a great relationship with Stu. Like, I, I, ju- I understood where he was coming from. I saw his philosophy, you know, um, his, uh, you know, his concept about a, a team unity, you know, um, all these little things that uh, Stu has within his system, uh, I thought was really neat because I've never really, you know, uh, seen a coach like Stu before. Like he just, his, the way his mind thinks on, you know, uh, basketball and uh, uh, especially preparation. It, it is, it, I mean, he's absolutely a genius to me, and I, I've carried that with me everywhere. Whatever I'm doing, I'm always trying to be prepared for it. And not only that, I look at it as life, too, and I do relate sports to life, and, and uh, especially playing, playing under Stu, which I, you know, I would not change it for anything in the world because it was just such a great learning experience for me. You know, um, just the, the game, learning the game, you know, um, in so many different facets because I've I learned it, you know, with other styles, but never a style like this that I was able to uh, embrace and, and take on. Um, but Stu's system, you know, helped me with the preparation and it kind of leaked over into my life, like, you know, um, even with the ups and downs, the mistakes, uh, 
the failures and the highs, you know, the success and everything else that comes along with it. It's just being prepared and and um, and being ready for those moments. And uh, those that's something that I really take from Stu is just that I I really get him, even though he's just a quiet, reserved. He's not like you know out there there too much, but. But I just relate it really well with him, uh, you know, um, in that way. And uh, and I think that's why we had a mutual respect, you know, um, uh, just, you know, and I think that's what made our relationship so great is that I just respect what he did. And, and he saw my effort. And, uh, you know, and I think that's why we, we just we just gelled well. And from there, Stu was, just went on to be very successful in, um, you know, leading his teams on, you know, and so, and that's what I can really appreciate about him. I think one of my last questions for you is uh, one of the things that we want to do this week as we, we catch up with a lot of these former Aggie players is to find out what, what have you done since you left Utah state uh, after your playing time in an Aggie uniform, mm-hmm. what's Troy roll been up to since then? Man. Oh my goodness. You know, I actually thought I would go on and play, like, you know, um, after I got done, I, I went in the, to the NBA with the Orlando Magics, uh, went to Detroit Pistons. Matter of fact, uh, I was I was so fortunate. I did my pre-draft workouts with the uh, the, Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, that, that was just an amazing deal there for me to go in and just experience what those guys go through. Um, to get selected by a team and, and all that. So that was really cool. But here's what would really start to carry over is when I start to get into like the workforce, because I'm like, man, I got to get a job. Like, <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> and so this is when reality sets in on me. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there like, man, really? so I knew I had to do something. Um, uh, I wanted to be, I, if I wasn't playing basketball, I wanted to do something that um, I'm always trying to help people out. And if I'm doing something to help somebody out, I think my life will have some type of fulfillment and meaning to it. And so um, I jumped right into the medical field. So I wanted to be a PA. Um, so I didn't get accepted into PA school my first year. But incidentally, the jazz calls me up and say, hey, we're going to bring you in, work you out. I was like, unbelievable opportunity. So I'm like, yes, I will take it. <laughs> right? And so I played the summer league with them. After that, um, I, I had this feeling like this was the end of my basketball career. I was still in my prime. They, they, they put me at a, a 44-inch vertical uh, while I was there with the Jazz. Um, and uh, I was just, I felt like the most healthiest at that time. And uh, I, I had this feeling like this was it. And after I got done with that, I jumped right into respiratory therapy. And so that's what I've been doing for like 13, 11 years. And after that, um, um, uh, I jumped into sales. And so um, I was working in the medical field. We're doing a lot of sales in that that um, aspect and I'm still in sales now today, but now more on the financial side with uh, rapid financial solution. And so that's what I do. And um, it's, I mean, and my life has just taken me, you know, places and, uh, and I still uh, um, a 
apply those things that I've learned in sports to to what I'm doing now today. You know, wow. I think that's part of uh, part of my success is that you know. You know, there were failures in between, too. I won't share all the failures, though, but I will share the good times. So. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but, it, you know, um, but I, I, I'm fortunate, you know, um, I'm in a place where I can, you know, do some really good things and get some really good uh, good uh, um, results with my effort. And uh, and that's one of the things that taking from Stu's system and from all the coaches that I've that I had I had experiences with, and especially you know here in uh, with Utah State, you know it is effort because this is the, what our town is all about: is going out and putting effort on that court to get a result that you want. And and if uh, you know you lose, at least you could say you had you put all your effort into it. And so that's that's what that's what I've been up to. Well, Troy, it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, we remember you well when you were at Utah State and uh, opportunities to try to make it into the NBA, but it sounds like you've had some other things that have happened in your life since then, and uh, it sounds like you're well, and uh, look forward to seeing you back up at Utah State on the on the Spectrum floor uh, coming right. up this weekend. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I really do. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, last thing for me, just uh, do you keep up with some of your former players? Uh, do you keep oh, up yeah. with some of those guys? Do you stay in touch? Yeah. Yeah, we we do. Um, I'm friends with them a lot of them on Facebook and and all that. You know how it is. Is once you get your life and you you know you get hustling and you got kids and everything else is you know in place. It's like uh, you know you're just so focused on what you're doing. Sometimes uh, you know sometimes people are a little distant, a little bit away. But we still, regardless on uh, how absent we are from each other uh, as soon as we get together it is like we haven't skipped a beat you know it's just that's just a part of uh, that camaraderie we build and you know battling together on the court and all that good stuff and i and you know that's the one thing you know as players we miss the most is that the uh the camaraderie that we built with uh, our teammates and just the laugh the laughter and the friendships you know uh, being that close with each other, um, that that's the part we miss. But um, but you know, understand the world keeps going around and life keeps going on. So, well, it should be a fun reunion for you and uh, some of those yeah. other folks of that uh, that two thousand or ninety nine and two thousand team. And we look forward to seeing you on the court on Saturday night. Awesome. Yep. Thank you, Troy Roll. Uh, he was a first team All Big West and a great asset to what Utah State began the. Tremendous run of success uh, for USU. He was a big part of that. So thanks again, Troy. Appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. uh, We'll step aside. We'll find out a couple other things. We'll give you some updates on what's going on in Region 11 standings for high school basketball. Updates on what's going on currently with the Utah Jazz. All that's ahead here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Big thanks to Troy Roll for joining us here on the Full Court Press. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoy catching up with former players. Find out uh, their memories of their time and uh, what they've done since. So, yeah, pretty fun stuff. And we're going to have a lot more of that through the week. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss any of it. But if you do... 
We got you covered. We'll have it all posted on our website, 1069thefan.com. Go back and listen to our past episodes and or subscribe to us on uh, different podcast platforms where we are available there to search my name, Ajay's name, Ajay Salveson, or search the Full Court Press, and you'll find us there. Uh, quick update, Utah Jazz, they're off for a couple of nights licking their wounds, trying to figure out how to get their defense back on track. Jazz have now lost four straight. A team that won 20 of their last 22 before this losing streak looks like a very different team all of a sudden. Big difference is they're going up against really good teams. We knew they're going right into the teeth of a very tough stretch, and so far, not that great. Uh, Not only are the players better, but the coaches are also better, and the Utah Jazz need to adapt and adjust to that. Uh, getting everybody to play well at the same time is certainly a big key. And there's been moments where certain players look good, but others have off nights. And against this type of schedule, can't do that. So the Jazz were in second. They've dropped to fourth. Uh, They're just a game ahead of Houston, uh, but only two games behind the Clippers, who are in second place. So Jazz not out of it. It's not horrible, but they have lost some ground. So it's an important stretch for them. And a lot of games, for, uh, opponents that they've already faced or will face uh, multiple times here over the next couple of weeks. So we'll see how quickly they adjust and uh, get better and back on track to uh, great jazz basketball. Uh, quick update on uh, what's going on in Region 11. On the other side of this break, after we find out what else has happened this last week from the Mountain West with This Week in the Mountain West with Nate Kreckman. This is your Mountain West Basketball Update with Nate Kreckman. Number four, San Diego State down eight at halftime Saturday to Utah State on the night they'd retire Kawhi Leonard's jersey. But a furious second half rally keeps the Aztecs perfect on the season. The bad pass taken by Malachi. Saved it to the baseline across to Mitchell. Mitchell put it on the floor. After he draws it, he'll pull up the three. Good! Mitchell again, Matt Mitchell. Crowd going crazy. The Aztecs have retaken the lead. Ted Leitner on extra 1360, 23-0 now for San Diego State. They win it 80-68. Matt Mitchell hits four triples, goes off for 28 points to lead all scorers. Nobody catching the Aztecs this season, so it's a race for the two-seed in the Mountain West. And right now, that's between Colorado State and Boise State, both 7-4 in conference. First, the Rams. They beat UNLV 95-77 Saturday at Moby Arena. Down the lane. Hardy had it taken away. Rams have the numbers. Edwards to Moore to Tanjay. Dunk! Brian Roth from Learfield IMG College. Freshman Isaiah Stevens stays hot with 21. Now for the Broncos, a 73-64 home win over Nevada Saturday. Alston dribbles into the paint, attacks Meeks, and gets the layup. It was attack mode for Alston. So back-to-back basket stretches the lead back to seven. Bob Beeler for Learfield IMG College. Boise State has won four in a row as Derek Alston goes for 24. Your other Saturday finals, Fresno State hands New Mexico their fifth loss in the last six, 82-77. And Wyoming off the mat. Cowboys get their first conference win, 71-66 at San Jose State. Milton tries the end line, in deep, leaves it for Taylor. Scoop it up and in with the left hand. Dave Walsh for Learfield IMG College. Wyoming snaps an eight-game skid. Women's Hoops Saturday, UNLV down CSU 56-52 in Las Vegas. Justice Etheridge hits five threes for the Lady Rebels. And that's your Mountain West Basketball Update. I'm Nate Kreckman. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. 
Once again, a big thank you to Troy Roll, who joined us for a big chunk of the hour. Going back through some of his memories, playing for Utah State, member of that 1999-2000 men's basketball team that won the Big West, went on a went undefeated in Big West play, 16-0, 28-6 overall, went to the NCAA tournament and faced UConn. But uh, this is part of the reunion teams that are going to be taking place uh, this weekend when Utah State takes on Boise State. That game will be at 8 o'clock in the spectrum. If you can't make it, certainly we encourage you to make it. But if you can't, then uh, turn on CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports Network will also be airing the Utah State UNLV game on Wednesday. Tip-offs for both of those games will be at 8 o'clock. Utah State uh, uh, certainly uh, trying to get themselves back in the driver's seat for Mountain West play as they've been kind of pushed down to the middle of the pack. Uh, There's a lot of teams that are all very similar, and then there's San Diego State way above everybody else. Uh, Utah State needs to finish the season out strong to be considered for, to get an opportunity for the NCAA tournament. Uh, Anyway, high school basketball, Region 11 play. There was a bit of a scheduling difference last week. Mountain Crest did play on a Wednesday. Most other boys' teams didn't. Mountain Crest played Preston and got steamrolled by the Indians uh, and lost by over 30 points. And that is kind of a theme for the Mustangs lately. They've had four games uh, where they have lost by huge margins. Um, but uh, the as far as who's on top, after a Friday of play for the boys, Skyview is still number one. They're 15-2 and two overall, 6-0 and oh in region play. But Ridgeline is uh, making it interesting. They only have one loss in region play, and frankly, they've been the only team to keep it somewhat close uh, against Skyview. Uh, they lost by 11 points earlier in the year when they played at uh, Skyview. Uh, those two teams will face each other again this Friday. It'll be in Millville. Ridgeline will host Skyview Friday night at 7 o'clock. That'll be a big matchup of the week. Uh, Ridgeline is number three right now in the latest RPI standings from the UHSAA. Uh, Bear River is at number nine. They're at two and four. So it's kind of a pretty significant drop-off in region uh, standings between Ridgeline and everybody else. Well, Skyview and Ridgeline and then everybody else. Uh, Bear River is at two and four in region play. Green Canyon's two and four. Uh, Logan is three and three. They have a better region record, but because of the way the RPI works, Logan is 14th in the overall standings. And uh, according to RPI, they would be below Bear River and Green Canyon. Uh, and then Mountain Crest is uh, bringing up the rear at uh, one and 16 overall. They have yet to win a region game. But uh, in girls basketball, kind of interesting. You know, Ridgeline boys are are number three in the state. Ridgeline girls are number two. In the state, they're a perfect six and zero in region play, fourteen and four overall. And in the rest of the girls' standings, Green Canyon is fourth in the state, uh, and they're at four and two in region play. Logan is sixth in the state at four and two. Uh, and then Skyview is eleventh, Bear River twelfth, Mountain Crest fourteenth. And uh, just a reminder: if you're in that top ten, you get that first round bye when it comes to playoff time. So still a couple weeks to play. But uh, we're, the season is now shifted to the alternate locations to where the region began. So the teams are starting to make return trips uh, or get to uh, opponents 
facing uh, opponents they've already played earlier on in the year. And so uh, for the girls, kind of interesting matchup on Tuesday, Ridgeline and uh, and Bear River going to be facing each other, Green Canyon and Mountain Crest, Logan and Skyview. And then on Thursday, it'll be Logan and Green Canyon, Ridgeline versus Skyview, Bear River versus Mountain Crest. So it's a big week for high school basketball. We'll have those games on our family radio stations. You can see the schedules, the standings. It's all posted there on cashvalleydaily.com to see what the latest uh, RPI rankings look like and who's playing whom where and uh, what's on the line in those games. Uh, I break it down all on cashvalleydaily.com. You can go see it uh, with the headline, uh, Skyview Tops Boys 4A RPI Ridgeline Boys Gaining Ground while Ridgeline Girls remain in second. So go check that out. Again, a big thanks to Troy Roll, who joined us earlier on in the hour to talk about his time at Utah State. We'll have more former players joining us throughout the week, and a big special guest will be coming up on Friday. We'll hear from the big man himself, Stu Morrill. Stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great night. Stay safe.